three, two, one. And we're live with a Sam and Tyler podcast special on the Tyler and Sam podcast. Ah, thank you very much. Sam and Tyler podcast. Tyler and Sam podcast. However you want to say it. S&T podcast. Welcome, welcome. TNS. TS. But so today we have a debate night special for y'all. The second debate, honestly, it wasn't as bad as the first one. So I guess that's a good thing. If anything, it exposed their policies a little bit more. So you weren't focused on the all the fiery exchange between Trump and Biden. I got an answer on whether or not Joe Biden wants to ban fracking. Oh, we got we got a we got an answer, and then a little uh, we got a no, I don't want to, and then. Yes, except absolutely. On, except, on, except on federal state lands. It's like, you know, a technicality. But well, the first on the list was, you know, their Bobolinsky yeah, accusations. Bobolinsky, yeah, those are accusations that went on. Acquisitions. Oh. And then we alone, I'm tired. <laughs> the Bobolinsky accusations, as you know, Joe Biden being accused of involved in Hunter Biden's business dealings videos of hunter biden assaulting little kids you know on his laptop i don't know if you accuse about that but we do know the the hard drive got turned over to fbi supposedly with that stuff on it but we don't know if they're investigating or not investigating it because they can't say but we all know they're investigating we can't say, it. We, we can't say or deny which typically means yes we're doing it <laughs> right we're doing it but no, so in the Bobolinsky accusations, it says that he claimed that, so Bobolinsky, I had to look this up. I had no idea who he was until like a couple hours ago. He was a, for, he's a former lieutenant in the Navy. And an ex-business partner. Yeah, with Hunter Biden. And so he came out in a cute basically came out with these accusations of Joe Biden directly himself actually being involved instead of just, Oh, it being Hunter Biden, there's maybe a link. No, he put out a, he put out statements saying, yes, I, I can at least personally vouch that Joe Biden's been involved. He said that Joe Biden is the quote unquote big guy that they mentioned in the, or mentioned in some emails that he released and or no, not that he released. It was in the previous dump. It was saying that mm-hmm. they're going to save a ten percent cut for the big guy, as in Joe Biden, which was a cut in Sinohawk Holdings, which is the largest Chinese private energy company. If that's not just a little bit concerning, yeah, I mean everything's concerning about that man. All the way from his past 47 years of do-nothing politics other than, you know, lock a bunch of black people up and not, air quotes, not call them super predators like yeah. did. <laughs> Fucking well, lying piece of shit. Well, you notice in the debate, yeah. like, Trump brought that up and I don't think Biden even really said anything to even try and defer it. Oh, like, he just sat there and gave a little smile and like a shake of his head, like he's like, <laughs> like, how's just let him talk? His little, his little mannerisms that he did in the same debate. Come on, man! Um, 
All right, the same on, the man. same exact debate he did whenever hey, he hey, was hey. running for vice president. Corn pop and, says that um, was malarkey. And in 20, 2008 against uh, what was it? Obama and Clinton. And well, yeah, back in two thousand eight, was he like running against John McCain or something? Who was it? I don't remember. Wait, but, Joe uh, Biden. Yeah, it was on the vice president debate. The same, yeah. like he, he, he oh he, no, he was same uh, that was that was Sarah. Oh dear God, that was against Sarah Palin. Such a long ass time ago. I know it was a long time ago, but I, I no, I remember during this debates with Sarah Palin back then. Of course, I was a little kid. So I was just kind of following my parents' lead. So I was like, yeah, Palin. And now I'm like, oh, my God, Palin. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Any, anytime she pops her head back up, I'm like, no, no, please go away. <laughs> she please was like, she go was, back into the hole you came from. <laughs> please go back into, <laughs> go back to where you can see, I can see Russia from my backyard. I can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like the thing though with this whole accusation coming out, like it's 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 really needs to be investigated. But the Democrats don't want to investigate it; they just want to automatically call it Russian propaganda. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like, Every uh, in the debate, even Trump brought it up. He uh, they're on a different topic. You know, Trump always finds a way to yeah. send something back in, even when they're on something totally different. But Biden's just comes back he was like well i'm not gonna listen to like russian disinformation he's like oh, oh. or trump's like oh oh see, russia 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 it's always russia well it can't but I it kind of is be, like it can't all be russian disinformation whenever you have another business partner an ex-business partner coming out and saying that and he was involved you know, in, it in a certain way not only that he's basically offering additional information onto stuff that came out that's very damaging to both Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's reputation. Not that... Now, know, will it be damaging enough for the election, though? Probably not, because a lot of fucking people already voted without, it, well, without the, thinking about it. Oh, well, that's the thing that I think they reported, like, about 41 million people have voted already. I'm Which are sure. wastes of votes. If you vote early, <laughs> you're wasting a vote. Because you're not voting fully informed. You're the although, what's wrong with voting? Although I'm I did sorry. I did vote early, so I mean but Yeah, I know. I know I, you did, but I knew exactly so where, you vote, I knew exactly you, where I was gonna vote either way. I didn't care. You, I mean you were voting libertarian, so it's not like you really did anything. But people who who vote oh, early in general that hurts my heart. People who vote early in general are mis are, are uninformed voters. Because they're making a vote too early before they even have all the information. So they're voting based off of party loyalty and 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 oh. um, ideals, family ideals and upbringing. They're not voting based off of actual facts and logic or I mean, information. That I is mean, a little bit of a blanket statement because, I mean, I think one thing also is people have been, we've been through this election cycle or this election yeah this election cycle since freaking like probably even before last year honestly like most of trump's presidency <laughs> so everybody's just like yeah no i'm just go ahead and get my vote out there because so they don't have to worry about what happens to the rest 
Because the one thing is, I mean, I do agree. A lot of people do vote a little too early, but then there are the times with um, when they decide when like Republicans or Democrats decide to do these October surprises and it doesn't give enough time to fully investigate everything. Yeah. So I think that can be used to sway the election pretty hard. That happened for, or well, that was supposed to happen for Trump with the government by the pussy tape, but we saw how that went. <laughs> but he lost, the, he lost the popular vote. <laughs> he lost the popular vote, and that's all that matters. Thing is, more people did, who are registered didn't vote than people who did vote. Yeah. So that speaks more volumes than, you know, a few million people that voted extra for Hillary. It doesn't say much at all. They've actually been saying that um, this election in some battleground states, there's actually been heavy, um, more Republican-leading registrations than there were in like the past couple cycles and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that may be a warning, or not a warning, but like a sign of what might be to come. But in those states still who knows it's still, we'll see soon. It's still democrat um we'll see soon, democrats are still leading like the total registration we'll, we'll save we'll save that topic along with um along with a few other things for another podcast yeah so let's jump right into the debate itself so first one that they had talked about was of course COVID 19 2.2 million people expected to die and then or I think Trump only, brought this up but that only 2,000 and, and 23 that, people could have died 223,000 so. 223,000 I mean I wish it was 223 people only 223,000 <laughs> people died and then he, so you know, far. he brought up the swine flu vaccine and the mishandling of that which I thought of before you know, right at the beginning of this whole COVID stuff going on, they started criticizing about stuff. I'm like, why the fuck are you criticizing him on a virus situation whenever you poorly handle the swine flu? Granted, I mean, like, I, this is where I, I hate to say I agree with Trump that, you know, if the swine flu was more deadly, it would have been much more catastrophic. It would have been chaotic it here. It would have been much more catastrophic than it was. Yeah. Now, Coronavirus could have been handled a million times better than it was, granted. But yeah. in the in the in the instance of how it was handled, I mean, it was handled pretty well considering the opposition that he was facing in the beginning and the backlash and arguing. On well, both and one sides. thing he had brought up was um basically he was like, Okay, I'm gonna close off like travel to China and stuff and they're like, That's xenophobic. Well, Wuhan was like the what everybody was calling it. Wuhan, sorry, Wuhan was the epicenter for the coronavirus. So, wouldn't that make most sense to just close it down or close down and travel from there? Yeah, I mean, like close, just close travel down. And the thing is, it is China's fucking fault. I mean, the thing is, we have it's we we, we have actually, to take responsibility for how we handle it when it came here but the virus yeah. in general was china's fault like i'm sorry it was 
you know, go the, cry river. It was China's fault. The China virus. <laughs> you. I, I saw this a little off topic. But I saw this um, thing about was a professor from Mizzou. I might have showed this to you. I'm not totally sure if I did or not. But it was a couple months back. Professor from Mizzou, um, which is I think the University of Missouri. I'm just going by like the athletic name. I think, but. Um, Basically, I think it was like one of those introductory syllabus day lectures. So he's talking mm-hmm. to students and this one student mentioned, I think that he had went to or was from Wuhan. And so he just kind of cracked or cracked a little joke. He was like, okay, well, you're all good and everything, right? And all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm fine. And he's like, well, you know, if you ever... I know travel there is difficult. If you ever need any place to stay, all this, I can help you out. I know other people that can. This is serious. People, after that, people like shared the recording of it, got him removed from his, uh, from his instruction duties because he had said that. They're saying it was a racist, xenophobic remark. Just to note that he... <laughs> He's from the area that it literally started. I don't see that being a racist thing. That's mm-hmm. literally where it came from. Yeah. A little off topic, but yeah, no. That whole thing has bugged me. No, it's the people that... I think it's definitely a whole lot less than the media would want you to see it. Where they try and say that he's made... A bunch of his, a whole lot of his base believe that everybody from China has Corona or, or something like that, or they're here to spread it. No, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure the majority of people have good enough. I mean, there are some dumb people that I see on com- comment sections every day on Fox News and stuff, but I'm pretty sure there's a good amount of people with decent heads on their shoulders that can tell the difference. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that people who you know, think that every Chinese person has coronavirus, though not represent the thoughts of the Trump administration, just like everybody that believes in racial justice does not believe, you know, does not agree with the actual thoughts of the Biden administration. So, you know, Biden administration doesn't necessarily believe in racial justice like his followers do. And Trump doesn't necessarily believe in, yeah. you know, every single China, Chinese person has, you know, coronavirus like his mm-hmm. followers do. Yeah. So. Well, that's what you see with this, with the duopoly. Everybody, if, if somebody that's an extremist from one side decides to endorse this one candidate or supports them, even if that candidate doesn't acknowledge them, they're like, oh, you're supported by someone who's a racist or you're supported by someone who hates white people. Like, are you not condone this? Like, there's like a millions of people in America. You can't filter out every single person. Big pissing match is a big pissing match. Yeah, no, it's but just trying to back find to something. back to COVID here for a second. Though it's like, like, should we be allowing the economy to reopen right now? Like with COVID, and the big question is, do both? want the same thing i mean pence even brought up during the the uh i mean the vice presidential debate that you know the the biden plan looks a lot like what the trump administration's been doing Mm -hmm. and he quote 
Uh, it looks a little bit like plagiarism, something that I yeah. know a little bit about. <laughs> so, I mean, the thing is, is, like, do they want the same thing? Do they really want the same thing? And are they doing the same thing or have the same, you know, ideas, but they're too big, they're too, they're in just such just this big pissing match I was too, much say, it's too much of a to pissing be able match to, to, you know, actually realize that they want the same fucking thing. <laughs> like, well, you know? Like right now, I think it's become this whole cultural divide of people that believe, or typically the people that believe Mac or COVID's a hoax and... Uh, we should be wearing masks. That's generally the Republican side. And to combat that, you have everybody on the Democrat side going against it. Yeah, for is me, that, that for me, the coronavirus thing is so muddled. It's not even a voting factor for me. I don't know. Like, not that I'm voting this year, but if, like, I'm not voting because everything's fucking muddled. But um, the coronavirus in of itself, for voters, it's an extremely muddled area. For people who are using that as one of their main driving factors to vote, that doesn't make much sense to me. Like, it shouldn't really be a voting factor anymore. They want the same thing. So, like, do you believe that they've kind of, like, politicians, especially on the left, have weaponized COVID as, like, a political tactic to, I guess, no, actually, more or less not politicizing or using COVID as a weapon, but uh, using masks as a weapon. And so, oh, absolutely. like, I don't think, like, I don't think we would be as divided on this issue if it wouldn't have been brought up as this, if we want to focus so much attention on people wearing masks and stuff. I think if, oh. because we've made it a political issue, then people have started to decide, Oh yeah, no, screw that. I'm not wearing a mask. Oh yeah, absolutely. Masks have 100% been weaponized. And the thing is that you cannot mandate a mandatory mask policy on the entire United States. And yeah, that's what Biden's I mean, saying he's wanting to do. Like while it may and, and and while it may be something that could help maybe it's debatable if it can help very muddled area there as well it's extremely unconstitutional to force something like that it's like forcing every single person to wear a button-down shirt and a tie and khaki pants everywhere you go (laughs) if you don't wear a button-down shirt and a tie and khaki pants everywhere you go you can be arrested and locked up and thrown in jail because you're not abiding by you know the uniform or by the national mandate of what you should wear, you know, put me in some striped pajamas and throw me in a, you know, <laughs> solitary confinement. Like, yeah, see, no, this is something I brought up somebody one time. Like, it's ironic that we're just coming off of like this whole police brutality stuff. And now we're wanting to institute an, a new mandate that will allow for more reasons to cops to get violent on something as small as somebody wearing a mask or not wearing a mask in public. And you already see it happening. Cause I mean, you're just adding more reasons. You're adding more reasons and you already see things happening on men on mandatory mask policies. You see people getting thrown down and, and sent out of baseball games and, and, and um, you know, football games and different things like that. You see people getting arrested and thrown in, 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 in jail for not wearing a mask and kicked out of places forcibly for not wearing a mask. 
We see it yeah. everywhere happening. It's giving more reasons for cops to be able to be more violent. And that's actually a really good point because I never even thought of it that way. With this whole, with this whole idea of racial um, inequality and, and, and racial justice and the fact that, you know, the coronavirus has hit the black community much harder than, than the other racial groups. On top of that, not like making it to where people do not have to wear a mask or or a mask mandate is is definitely going to increase the number of police uh, misconduct and police um, mishandlings of things it's giving it's definitely giving them more of a reason to be more violent which you know what it, i randomly yeah. thought about like back whenever mandates started happening was um <clears throat> remember when they used to argue that requiring voter or like um, bringing a driver's license or some form of ID to vote is like keeping or like voter suppression of minorities and stuff. Uh-huh. So if you're doing a mass policy, if you're doing a mass mandate, what about the people that <laughs> that at least Democrats are saying too are too poor to be able to go out and do these things? Are condemning them because they probably won't be able to go out and find get a mask. Because especially whenever this all started happening, you could barely find a mask in most of these stores because everything was slammed. Yeah. Like Beginning of it, targeting. I mean, the thing is, is that like, this whole idea of, you know, cause a panic, don't cause a panic as well. Like you saw the risk of, of what happened to the grocery stores mm-hmm. after the coronavirus was first, you know, mentioned. Everybody panicked. Everybody went and rushed to the grocery stores. Can you imagine if he hadn't have downplayed the virus a little bit? No, how much chaos my, there would be? So my roommate and I, um, in the spring semester, when this was all kind of starting, it, I didn't at the point think it was getting super serious, but it was to where, um, I think it was about spring break. Whenever I personally realized that, oh, COVID starting to become a real factor in the U.S. was... I was like watching basketball or I was watching this basketball game and at halftime they had found out that a player for I don't know if it's the Indianapolis team Pacers or someone else had COVID and so there's like tracing done and so like oh people here might have it and so I had to cancel the games and stuff well that's so that's kind of whenever I first realized it but so my roommate and I before I thought it was getting too serious, we went out to stores to go pick up some random groceries. We get there and there's like families out there not wearing, definitely not wearing masks yet, not social distancing because that wasn't really brought up yet at the time. Slamming, slamming the shelves, picking up all the toilet paper they can. And I'm just like, how much do you poop? Yeah. I mean, like, for me, it's just like, it's, it's, it's like people already panicked in the beginning with just a little about it, just a little information that they had, mm-hmm. just a little information that they had, but, you know, they, they hone on Trump so hard for downplaying the virus, but imagine what would have happened based off of what we know and what we've seen with people just acting on a little about information that they had. What would have happened if he had not had downplayed the virus and he did cause a panic? Mm-hmm. How big of an bigger of an issue 
our grocery stores would have been and how bigger of an issue um, things would have would have would have occurred on on not only only things online and grocery stores and stocking shelves and all these different things it would be much worse. People would stop going into work. The economy would have completely crashed because people would have panicked so much yeah. that they would have stopped going to work harping themselves in their homes and then they would stop paying rent and different things like that. Like everything, every market Head, of, headlines of, on of the CNN. economy would start crumbling. Heads, headlines on CNN would be like, Trump sparks mass chaos. <laughs> overplaying, <laughs> overplaying COVID concerns. So, I mean, like he did what he needed to do. Like it wasn't perfect. It couldn't have been perfect, but it was definitely far better handling of a virus than what Joe Biden and Obama did during the swine flu. It wasn't as serious as, I mean, it was more serious than the swine flu, but it was much, 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 much better handled than the swine flu was. So, I mean, that in and of itself, I give points to Trump on. I mean, I mean, at the end of itself, Democrats are going to say that Biden won this portion of the debate, but really, I do not think he did. I think Trump, while he does not actually warrant any fucking goddamn thing he says, <laughs> as the handling of administration and me stepping in to evaluate the situation myself, I think that he won that portion. He didn't win the debate, but he won that portion of the handling yeah. of, of the of the virus. He needs a warrant shit more. He needs to actually fucking stop talking about how great he is and talk about why <laughs> how fucking great he is. Why are you that fucking great, asshole? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I have the biggest hands. I have the biggest hands ever. That's why I'm great. <laughs> why are you? Why do you have the biggest hands? You know? Because, you know? because my PP is big and Biden's wife knows it. She knows it. <laughs> But yeah, do you have anything else to say on the coronavirus topic? No, I think that one's kind of worn out, or well, not really worn out. We could spend like hours going on about everything for that. Uh, next thing I wanted to jump to, though, was I don't think it was talked about near as much as it should have been in the uh, national security concerns. Yeah, in the debate about national security concerns, beside, of course. Yeah. Russia, and, Russia, Russia, and now Iran. And before, before we even get into this discussion, though, I want to say this: there was a lot of talk, topic, and talk about how this debate was not going to address foreign policy. And whenever they got into this discussion, I mean, they actually started to address foreign policy a little bit, and it actually made me like, you know, thank you for addressing it because we need to address things like the Hunter Biden. Um, Concerns, and we need to address things like you know, uh, you know, uh, North Korea and, and, and the, right. the nuclearization of North Korea. Now, one thing I wish they would have t- talked a little bit more on was, you know, the handling of Afghanistan and 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 Iran and 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 um, Jew, Jerusalem and and, and the places in the Middle East where Trump went and, and and advocated peace deals. I wish they would have gotten more so into a topic about that because I feel like it's something that should be on voters' minds as well when it comes to our, our, our foreign conflict. So there yeah. should have been a lot more discussion there. But addressing the national security risk with Russia and Iran and, and North Korea and China, that was a very important discussion for me to have to understand a little bit more about who do I want running in this country for the next four years. Yeah. 
Well, and they impressed uh, Trump about, or at least Biden pressed Trump about basically cozing up to Kim Jong-un. And he was like, well, if we're, when he, Trump said he had had conversation with Obama coming in that Obama believed like North Korea is going to be like one of our bigger geopolitical threats. And so he decided, you know, instead of antagonizing him, although of course he did come up with, what was it the Rocket Man? Yeah. <laughs> I call it Kim Jong Un. Rocket little, Man. Little Man, Rocket Man. Burning up his ears up here alone. I can't remember remember the lyrics for it, but I can't either. (laughs) But so he was saying basically trying to take a friendly approach to him because I mean, already in North Korea, if you've seen the documentaries on it, they'll they'll be doing stuff in schools like death to America, F George Bush, F all these people. Like you don't want to just come in directly antagonizing him, besides, of course, like I said, Trump's um rocket man thing but yeah now i mean they're they're continuing to just impose on 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 russia discussion i do want to get into the contact and the and the and to russia before we even talk about china but china is trump as tough on russia as he says he is I know you kind of did a little bit more research on me on this, but your uh, Brookings edu article you sent me the, um, earlier, yeah. but um, you said it was like what fifty-two. It was like how 50, many? They counted like uh, under Trump administration actions on Russia. There's fifty-two total policy actions against them that they did in response. It's so December fifth, the twenty nineteen. It shows. Uh, sanction in response to a hundred million dollar bank hacking scheme that Russia did. And then another one was a Salisbury. Uh, they did a sanction in response to human rights abuses, and so in response to human rights abuses in Russia, it says a Chechen group and five Russian individuals were sanctioned under the I mean. Magnitsky Act, if I'm saying that right, over allegations of human rights abuses, including extrajudicial killings and the torture of LGBT people. Mm-hmm. You'd think they'd be all over that. You really think they would, but they ignore any good things on him. And also, like, I mean, like, uh, that's what thing. kind of irritates me. Like, I want to know the good things. Like, I know that he has a shitty character. Everybody knows that. But what are the things that he's doing that's actually helping us? Yeah, Let's talk no, about he, that. Needs to, he needs to stop going just about these superlative things. Like, one, I'm the, I've been the most helpful president towards black people since Abraham Lincoln. Or, and then also this thing. Tell us why. Give yeah, us, tell, give us give warrants. Us, yeah, give, give us, us exactly warrants. why. I mean, he did go in, and he did. Into he did finally about, do that. Like, I wish HBCUs. he did that during the first. Yeah. I wish he did that during the first debate, and he didn't bring that up in the first debate, and he should have. He should have went on that hard in the first debate. He should have followed the crime bill argument up with that immediately in the first debate, but he brought it up way too late. Do you Millions think he squandered people, his time? Do you think he squandered his time in the first debate? 
Yeah, absolutely. So now this last one's a he's, little too late. He's literally lost the potential of millions of votes by not bringing that up during the first debate. He 100% should have brought that up during the first debate and before early voting I think what's in order to garner on- to the college voting group. Because right now, the most important thing for college voters is they're going to be that racial... Um, discussion and police misconduct discussion and what are we doing for racial equality that's what's most important to college voters right now it's not the coronavirus it's not national security it's not um what what, healthcare i mean healthcare a little bit but that's like kind of like second thing to them it's it's not really an immigration somewhat but the most important thing is going to be racial equality. And immigration kind of ties into that. So the two biggest things that are important to college voters is the immigration and the racial inequality, racial equality. That's what's most important. And he should have, right. in order to kind of you know, appeal to those groups more, he should have went hard on what he has actually done to help those groups and why Joe Biden's 47-year track history is not very, you know, positive. doesn't show a very positive outlook for what he's going to do for the future, especially whenever he chooses a vice president that is known for incarcerating Black people at a higher rate than any other person in her leadership role in California in history. Yeah. Well, I think one thing that's going to be like look back upon, especially if Trump loses this election is as to why he lost besides from COVID is he squandered the first debate in a pissing match with Joe Biden and then didn't want to do a second debate. And so that leaves his last big public address to the nation being the third debate where he kind of started getting a little bit serious on the stuff for delving into what exactly he's done I don't feel like he did it enough, but he still did it. But it was way too late in the game to do so because there's only, like, what, about two weeks left until the election? Mm-hmm. So I think that's definitely going to be something that hurt, that's going to hurt him come election day. Oh, yeah. I mean, either way, it was brought, like, that discussion needed to happen way earlier. That's all I have to say. Yeah. But on on topic here on, on where we are so we don't get all over the place here. Um I think it's very important to address the the concerns with with Hunter Biden and, and the China involvement, business involvement with, with Biden and Trump, because it's really important to know who is more at risk in involving their own self interest into our policies and into our um into in, into our government and the way things operate who who are we more at risk from are we going to be sold out to china under biden are we going to be a russian pawn under trump what's going on there those both things are very concerning things that need to be addressed so yeah i'm well, glad that they talked about it tonight well and you know that basically in um, I think most of 
Biden's at least somewhat substantiated claims against Trump, or actually I don't even know if he brought it up. It might've been Trump himself that brought it up was instead of focusing on Russia or they had noted, or there's things coming out about Trump having a bank in China or a bank account in China. That was shut down already. Yeah, but it was run. What was it? If I could find it. Basically he said he had like prayed, prepaid tens of millions of dollars in taxes and then he didn't like the account for the business deal he was trying to going to do and so he shut it down and that was from i think he said either 2011 or 2013 shut it down yeah, so 2015. It was in 2013 shut it down that, 2015 and so that was while he was still in like his business phase and stuff biden his stuff was that at least what's coming out it was occurring while as, he was like, vice president. As most recent of, I think, 2017, but before it yeah. was, um, I think, 2015, 2016 is as early as his involvement is, which is while he was still vice president. And yeah, and one good point that people aren't paying enough attention to, they kind of ignore it. And, and, and what, what something that Trump said is like, you're a politician, Joe. You were a politician, well, and, he he, was. and he was. And he was a politician. When, when families gather around, man. when families Trump. gather around the around the dinner table, and they, he's like looking right at the camera. I'm like, you know, I start. I'm starting to really understand why everybody was like, yeah, or in 2016, everybody's like, yeah, we need Trump. We don't need a politician because yeah, because you know they ignore annoying. the question and they circle around. You know, giving a straight answer, but the thing is, I is mean, that, Trump like, does the same too, but thing the, the too. Thing, but <laughs> yeah, he does. But the thing is, is that Joe Biden was a politician. Joe Biden was a politician when the stuff was going on. He's involved in the power. It's stuff that affects the American people. Trump was a businessman. He was enacting businesses for his casinos and other different things. He was a businessman. He did what he needed to do for a businessman. Trump was, I mean, Biden was a politician. So I think whether that was something that really needs to be paid more attention to. Yeah, whether or not, whether or not those businesses were really run that well can be, <laughs> oh, can be disputed. <laughs> Trump University, mm-hmm. all the stuff that came out about that. That doesn't matter unless he was doing it while, while he was involved as president of the United States. If he was involved now, in that while now, see, he was in the United States or in a position of power, then it's an issue. If he was doing it beforehand, he was a businessman, he was doing something for his business dealings, enough already. Now see he was donating money to like it was both Democrats and Republicans, but a lot of, I think he like even donated money to Hillary Clinton at one point and stuff. And so I'm like this is what makes him different from y'all because y'all accepted his money and now turning around <laughs> oh yes exactly like he donated their money he used to be a democrat for a while he's, he was he's he a was kind of more so like independent a, but he was like a dem- i think he was like a democrat then republican then a democrat then reform uh reform party um then back to i think independent democrat then republican or no democrat and then independent then republican something like that i don't know he's been all over the place but his interests typically are where the money lies at least when he, while he was a businessman 
So. Yeah, and I mean that's perfectly understandable if you were a businessman. But if you're a politician, you shouldn't not have any family involvement or any type of personal interest involvement at all in something that can benefit your pockets. Yeah, it's not what we elected you for, asshole. But you know. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, one thing you uh, another topic. One that you'd want to talk about was basically how important is immigration as an issue, especially at least in this election. Because mm-hmm. they so about... so it's our kids. Basically, what I what I mean by that, how important is immigration as an issue? Like our kids being separated or taken from cartels and coyotes. You know, are they are are people coming in and bringing their kids? across the border and, and separating the kids or are kids being brought in from cartels and coyotes, you know, and also who had more discriminatory immigration laws? Cause both administrations have a pretty, I mean, all the way back to Bush have had a pretty awful track record on how we treat our foreign illegal immigrants that come in here or immigrants in general that come in here, we treat a lot of them pretty poorly. So in general, when both sides have such a horrible history and a horrible treatment and and handling of this issue, why is this one so important when both sides are basically all talk about fixing it? It's kind of the same thing with the coronavirus. They basically want the same fucking thing. Like, except in the fact that, you know, Democrats want open borders and Republicans want closed borders, but. Yeah. So, um, and they had mentioned about opportunity zones. Do you know more about what that is? What the opportunity zones are? Yeah. Um, Opportunity zones are. So, like, in con, so, sorry, just put it in context. He had, uh, it was in response to. Biden talking about institutional racism and basically Trump coming back or coming back on Biden for basically the crime bill and what he's done for criminal justice reform. And he brought up that, um, that was it Tim Scott from, I'm hoping I'm getting this right. Florida, maybe probably not Florida. I don't know. He's one of the black Republican senators um, had brought up an idea idea to him about opportunity zones. So if you want to go more into that, I don't know a whole, whole lot about it. Well, well, what the opportunity zones are, they're, what they are, they're economic development tool, a basic or area that allows people to invest in more disenfranchised areas or stuff like that. Or Basically, they offer tax, they're, they're areas that offer tax benefits to businesses or people who, like individual in, in investors in, in certain areas to encourage business growth and business creation. So he created these opportunity zones in, in black urban neighborhoods to where they can take advantage of these areas and create businesses or encourage them to create businesses as well as invest and make money for themselves. But the issue is with the criticism that Trump receives and why it's not entirely perfect is because rich people and oftentimes rich white people were taking advantage 
of what was uh, what was there and created for black people to take advantage of to make and make to make money and a quick buck for themselves. Yeah. So it kind of <clears throat> didn't work the way it was supposed to. So that was the criticism that Trump's receiving on it, but he did create something that was supposed to help them and, and encourage them to, to uh, actually do something. Right. Uh, I guess at least he tried. <laughs> So back to um, another thing about that, all that is Trump mentioned another thing he's doing for is not really criminal justice, but um, the topic that they were going over was race in America was how he'd been helping HBCUs. And there's like, what was it? Presidents of these colleges were saying that they needed to come Having back. to come every single year to ask yeah. for funding. And he was like, why are you why are you coming every here just take <laughs> to here just take 10 years worth like basically yeah. yeah but so he was going on about that i guess trying to position of course position himself well in the black community and biden came back at him for um position he took against the central park five where he was pushing a de death penalty for the people um or for the people involved in that, and it turned that out were that they involved were involved in raping that, or I mean, they were innocent, but allegedly involved in raping that one white woman. Yeah, gang and, raping her. Right, <laughs> and they turned out that it wasn't, or that they are innocent in it, but there was like a um, an advertisement he had put out a full page advertisement in one of the papers in um yeah i remember all there that. yeah he said that he wanted the criminals of every age who were accused of beating and raping the jogger to be afraid and basically just reiterated his support for the death penalty for them for that and so biden went against him pretty hard i think I don't know if Trump really addressed that too much in his response. He didn't. I mean, like, saying it with Trump is there's a bunch of great, like, allegedly racist things that he has done. But the Central Park Five is one of the only ones that kind of still stands. But the foundation that it was a racial motive is still very questionable. I mean, even from his housing, his violation of the of the Housing Act of 1964 whole thing where he was trying to discriminate against black rent, uh, rent, uh, renters. He wouldn't, didn't want to rent to black people. Even that has been, came out to prove, proven false. I'm not going to get into that. People can go up and look it up for themselves. Uh, but, um, the whole thing is, is cause there's many different things that are very questionable, but one of the only things that does stand that I will, you know, give, you know, the liberal side leeway on is the Central Park Five thing definitely does, does sit there. And it's, it's something that does need to be discussed and addressed. Well, and I think, there's an answer for it. I think like this whole election, they've been going on about kind of anecdotal things about how oh, Trump's a racist, Trump's, why haven't y'all really put too much emphasis on this thing? It, like, I didn't really find out about his um, add in the paper about it 
Oh, I knew, I knew about it. it for a while. Yeah, well, like I didn't know a whole, whole lot about it until like a week or so ago. I'm like, why weren't y'all pushing this like a like this whole campaign or something? I mean, they really should have been pushing it for a while. They really should have. But the thing is, the foundation if, of it. I don't even know if Hillary Clinton did anything for it. But the foundation that there was a racial motive behind that is 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 still questionable. I mean, the only reason why people don't question it is because they have such a bias that Trump's a racist, where they just automatically assume that it had racial motive behind it. But you can't do that. That's that denies the rules of of logical thinking. People just based picking thinking based off of their feelings. They're not actually looking into things and 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 protecting their mind. Instead, they're allowing their emotions to cloud their judgment. Yeah. But I mean, you do know Trump's whole thing is always the back the police stuff. So he was definitely no. I think no matter what, in that case, he is gonna side with the police. Or what yeah, was, gonna, like back the, to blue was gonna be the strong, the strong of arm thing. of the yeah. So probably gonna be wrapping up here in a little bit. One last thing they talked about was healthcare. In the, yeah, there's healthcare. I was going to jump to the leadership, but if you want to hop into healthcare, we always can. <laughs> I'm not as experienced about that as you are because you obviously have a license. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I have an insurance license. I'm licensed. I sell Medicare. A lot of issues with Medicare, a lot of issues with drug prices. Many and things Biden, that need to be addressed. Biden reiterated the um, healthcare is a right thing by saying he's not pushing for socialist policies, but. I think. But yeah. The thing is, though, is that is healthcare a right? Is it? Is it a right? I mean, it's insurance. I mean, are you entitled to the services of a doctor? 100%. But are you entitled to insurance? Is insurance a right? No. But is healthcare a right? No. Well, I mean, I think I think that you know, do you ha- are you entitled to the services of a doctor doctor in an emergency situation? Are you entitled to live? Are you entitled to have a right to health? Yes. Are you entitled to insurance to help pay for that? No. But are people who I think for like pay into the system turn sixty five? entitled to that insurance 100 percent. so i mean like the thing is it's like we need a restructured kind of way we think if people who are 65 turn 65 are entitled to medicare is everybody else that is that is working and paying into the to the system entitled to health care as well i mean if you like, already, if we've already been paying into it then might as well reap it but but yeah, amazing is like I 100% think that every single person who is working and paying into the system and contributing to society, they have a right to choose how they want their tax dollars spent. And if the majority of people 
want health care and they want something that is given to them in return. And 100%, I think that they should have the right to be able to opt into that system, but it should not be forced. It should not be mandatory. It should not be subsidized at all. 100% subsidized. It should not get rid of private health care because that would be a disaster for both the economy. It would be a disaster for people's 401ks. It would be a disaster for, for government bailouts. It would be a complete disaster because we rely on insurance companies to back up the economy. The insurance company bailed us out during the Great Depression. The insurance companies have helped us in many, many other cases recover the economy. Not only that, but a lot of their same you know, money that's going into insurance policies and the insurance companies and the, and the stock that they're investing in are some of the same stocks and stuff that are backed up inside people's 401k accounts. If we completely get rid of private insurance, it's going to decrease the value of people's retirement plans. And it's also going to be very detrimental to the economy as a whole. And if we end up spending too much money and we end up going into another Great Depression, who's going to bail us out if we don't have any private insurance companies anymore? Because they bailed us out in the past. Government's going to bail us out. So that's, and our dollar's going to get worse is. and worse. I mean, exactly. And that's what my issue is. My issue isn't on, is healthcare right? Is it not a right? Do we deserve healthcare? Do people get, need to be protected from pre-existing conditions? Absolutely. But the thing is, is that you cannot do it in a way that completely gets rid of the private sector. You cannot do it in a way where it will be completely detrimental to the economy. And that's what, what, what really needs to be focused on. And people are arguing too much on the emotional side of things. They're making it too much of an emotional argument. And the thing is, it is an emotional situation, but it should not be made into an emotional argument. People need to have a little bit more logic on things on when it comes to healthcare. But that's all I have to say on that section. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, you know more about the healthcare side of things than I do. Yeah. Not really have, well, in general, I'm, I mean, I'm not super healthy, but I don't have besides dentist visits too much experience on that whole field. <laughs> yeah. But what, um, what did you want to get in? You want to get into leadership next? Yeah. Um, this was basically you, just, you can go ahead. Before we get into that, though, I just want to address one thing based off of the whenever we were on that racial discussion. You know, whenever Biden said the poor boys stand down. Yeah, stand I know. Ready. I noted that. I was, he was like, the, the the poor the poor boys stand down. I'm like, proud boys, but okay. I mean, I guess yeah. he didn't want to give them legitimacy or something. Yeah. I like, like as soon as I heard that, I like I typed I like, it. I was like, "The poor boy, stand down and stand <laughs> ready." He, first of all, yeah, he didn't even he say never stand said by. Stand ready. Yeah, he never said stand ready. He said stand down and stand by. Yeah, which was still a stupid freaking debate but, move. <laughs> there was that was so dumb. Which was a good, kind of ties into leadership. That was very poor yeah. leadership on his part. Yeah. Well, and Biden was, of course, once they got to it, he started his, I'm a Democrat, I'll, I'll run as a Democrat, but I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be a president for the American people. And I'm like, that is like the most politician thing I've ever heard. <laughs> besides, that was a very redundant politician Besides, thing. besides Trump, whole, I care, 
I care about the American people. We're going to make America great again. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. whenever I hear him do the, we're going to make America great. I just start doing random mumblings like, dur, 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 dur. <laughs> and everybody in the, all his supporters in the audience, dur, dur. <laughs> like if the guy from, <laughs> honestly, you know how South Park made Mr. Garrison president mm-hmm. i should have had the guy that did the uh they're gonna take her jeffs i should have had that guy <laughs> become president but honestly no actually i think he was one of the supporting scenes did you have much to say about the whole their leadership part i think that was mostly just i mean a, that was more or less just a I mean, leadership is shown, and I mean, leadership is shown in In many different ways, in many different ways, other than a bunch of pretty words spoken on a TV screen to make someone feel comfortable. The thing with with Trump is he has a horrible character, and he's he's very very horrible at, at giving speeches and being presidential, but. The fact that he's able to go in and and reconstruct entire deals with with conflicts with people in the Middle East, and he's able to go in and um, cause, uh, you know, uh, uh, Kim Jong Un to stand down, and he's able to pass you know fifty two policies holding Russia um, in its place and and different things like that shows that he has good leadership in certain areas. The fact that he's able to Hold and and talk with black people at black leadership summits and and pass certain things that kind of encourage growth in 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 the black economy and he's able to go in and he's able to also um, enact different things that causes you know governments and, and and states to be able to make their own decisions when it comes to how to handle the coronavirus instead of just completely taking over and forcing them to do what he says that they should do like it's it's showing some leadership on his part but he's some of it it's poorly mishandled not everything is perfect biden he just says a bunch of pretty words and stumbles at the same time he he doesn't give very good speeches either, or sometimes he makes people feel comfortable and, and safe, but he doesn't actually do much action that shows the the definites of a real leader. The crime bill of 1994 wasn't a leadership move. That was detrimental to many, many people's lives. That wasn't very good leadership. Yeah. So. I think what he's campaigning on right now is being the or at least what he's trying to make his face of the campaign look as, and it's especially apparent if you look at his Twitter feed, it's just trying to come back to that norm or the normal statesman. Um, You can feel safe with me at least, no matter what happens under my administration, at least you feel safe with me. But when he was going on to getting on to Trump about North Korea and stuff, you, I remember reading something for one of my classes a couple of weeks ago about basically how North Korea, they've talked about Biden, how they do not want him and Biden does not like North Korea at the same time. And he looks like he would be trying to lead us into, a, or he would lead us into 
at least four years of ramping up um, struggles with North Korea, like nuclearization getting even worse and worse over there. And I would. Yeah. Because North North Korea would feel threatened and they do the normal response any country does whenever they feel threatened. They say, fuck you. I'm building more nuclear weapons because I gotta protect myself. <laughs> so I mean, you know, the thing is, is that like North Korea is in a spot right now where they are doing horrible, horrible human rights violations that need to be addressed. But at the same time, we can't always be the more actors of the world anymore. We have to put ourselves first. We got to put our our issues first and we got to stop getting out of other people's conflicts yeah. and ramping things up and making things worse. But at the same well, time, we have to have a mutual agreement with them. Well, and wouldn't it be better, or at least to getting t- into the negotiation table about that, like human rights violations, they already, they don't care what we say. If we can get on some kind of decent terms with them, if we can least the way i've kind of seen trump doing it if we can get to the table with them on that then we can hopefully slowly start to get them to where they'll open up some more and they'll stop all the crap that they're doing with their the citizens in their country because everything they're doing in there is just entirely screwed up yeah but i mean it really is but we don't have the, we can't we don't can't have be the more the right actors to, as well yeah yeah We've gotten ourselves into way too much trouble doing that in just decades and decades of <laughs> a lot of this stuff. Would you say, with what you've seen recently from Trump, at least in the debates and looking back on his history, do you think you you were talking about not voting? Do you think you're might be pushed to vote, end up voting for him anyways, just in spite of Biden? For who? Trump. Trump? Oh no! I mean, I like, the it. thing is, I, I I support some of the things he does strongly. Like, I agree with some of the things he does strongly. I don't like Biden at all, like mm. zero. But I do not like Trump enough to vote for him. So. Right. I kind of wanted to get that question out there because I feel like anybody that probably listened to this might think that you're kind of secretly on the Trump train. No, I'm not even registered to vote. I didn't register to vote this year <laughs> on purpose because I was like, you know what? Is it really worth the paperwork with this bullshit going on? No, I don't think so. And the thing is, like, I have my 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 voice as as for not voting is even louder with the other non-voters than it is with a bunch of people who voted for one side or the other. Yeah. Oh, and like I mentioned to somebody, if we live in Texas, if Trump loses Texas, that's his fault. (laughs) Like, it was such a red state. So if he loses Texas, that's on him. If you don't want to vote, don't do it. Or you you don't have to do it. Not just, like, some people say either you don't vote, so you inevitably, inevitably, you don't have the right to say anything about the outcome 
And then also, oh, there's not voting because they're not educated on the issues. No, you can be educated on the issues and not vote because you realize everybody that's on there is like entirely running this country wrong. Yeah. Um, one last thing I think before we go is it's kind of touching into my territory. Um, actually, I'd seen something today. It's not going to happen. I know for sure, but there, because it looks like it's a, a recent thing. Basically this page came up on Twitter inviting presidential candidates, Joe Biden, there's like only ones that are on all, all ballots inviting candidates onto uh, the debate stage to do one last debate. I don't think it's going to happen, but of course they invited Joe Jorgensen and she said she had to accept besides it being late in the race, if it were earlier, say if it was like first presidential debate, especially with all this the political theater, the theater that you've been seeing going on, would you have liked to see her on the debate stage? Oh, 100%. If she was on the debate stage from the very beginning, I probably would have registered to vote and voted for her. But the thing is, right now, she doesn't have enough publicity, but it's just not possible for her to vote whatsoever. So even wasting the paperwork to go out and vote for her won't even do much good. Yeah. It's like my, gonna... my voice is, is more powerful not voting because I'm in a higher percentage of someone saying no to the current status quo than I am voting for someone that's going to be like, what, 5% of the vote, maybe? Probably not even. This is Texas. She's probably going to get 2% max. Gary Johnson. 2%, but yeah. Versus... Gary Johnson got, I think, 3% of the state. I don't even... But yeah, like, Do like think... versus whenever half of the registered voter population doesn't vote, I'm in a much louder voice of people saying no to what's going on than I am, you know, that 2% of people who are voting third party. That's just kind of where my mind's at. Do you think it's going to be in a minority now that uh, it seems like more people are coming out to vote with, was it 41 million we said earlier? I mean, I, I think that's a good sign, but I'm still... I'm, if if I see a good turnaround, like in the next four years, it may it may make me look a little bit differently on this. But right now, for me, my choice is to say no to it all. Yeah. Like I have the right to say no to it all. I shouldn't be shamed and guilted because I decided to say no to what's going on. Just because I support some of the things that Trump does doesn't mean I support Trump. Just yeah. because I, I and, and I don't support Biden at all. I think he's a horrible person, and he he has a bunch of talk. He hides it with he's a, fake. He hides it. He with hides a nice it with smile. I'm a family man, you know I'm I'm a family man and all this shit. He hides it very well, but he is corrupt. He is not a good human being, and I'm not going to support him, and I'm not going to support Trump. I'm not going to vote for either one of them. But I will speak my damn mind when it comes to things that I support and things that I like that are going on. Yeah. And problems I see with those that could be addressed as well. Yeah. Opportunity zones aren't perfect. The HBCU thing's not entirely perfect. Neither is the criminal justice reform that he passed. That's not perfect either. Like, there's plenty of things that can be improved. But mm -hmm. at least he's 
attempting to do something that it could that can be built off in the future and people like ice cube shouldn't be guilted either for wanting <laughs> to work cent. in and well, i mean 50 cents that's a different situation that but was, ice cube's but... <laughs> actually trying to work with him to address issues he didn't even say that problems. he was like supporting trump or anything it was no. simply because biden the biden campaign was like We'll get to you after the election. It was a collaboration was, to Trump to address like, issues facing Black America. Yeah, like, and he's like been out, or he had said afterwards, "I'm not supporting him now." Or he's like, "I'm not vo- voting for that man," but he's the only one that's actually wanting to have this, com- or at least his team's the only person that's wanting to have this conversation. If any, if even if it's just for political points or something, by the Republican Party but still at least they're willing. It seems more like Democrats are like, nah, we have y'all's vote pretty locked down anyways. No, well, the Democrats think they own the black vote. That's always been the issue. They, they run, you know, crime ridden cities and, and for, and, you know, flood drugs into urban neighborhoods where there's a high black population. Um, and then, you know, they lock them up, incarcerate them at a high rate and then turn around and say, oh, look, but we gave you, you know, food stamps. We gave you, you know, all these other things. We gave you, you know, this and that. Well, we, we say that, you know, Black Lives Matter now. So, you know, isn't that something? We own isn't your that vote, good? right? Isn't that yeah. good? So that means you have to vote for us. We own your vote. We own you. That's the whole thing with the Democratic Party. I think there's, and I think there's a good amount, especially that have been not really brainwashed, kind of, but just led into that thinking. Even if they, I know a lot that do not like Democrats, but they still voted anyways. But they just have a hatred for Republicans, and there's that same thing with uh, people and Republicans. They're like, I. I don't like Republicans, but I really hate the Democrats, all the stuff they're doing. That's me. <laughs> and so, you, yeah. So, I mean, you see where there's like always people kind of hitting around the idea that they'd want like some other party to represent them. And so that's where, especially Democrats are like, no, 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 let's not do that. Here, we got you. Here's some more free money or quote unquote free it's money. Great. It's got strings that tie to it but and <laughs> that's why i always i think there should be more prominence of third parties i had ran into a, a friend of a buddy of mine that um he was like oh he saw a facebook status my he's like hey so you voted for a libertarian candidate i was like yeah and i was waiting for him to be, be like you wasted your vote or something but he was like oh really I was like, well, that's cool. I voted for green too. He's like, I just, I just couldn't do it. And I know a lot of people like they'll vote green and they're like total opposite of me for the most part, at least economically on ideas. But when it comes to that, it's like a kind of a brotherhood. Like the green party is fucking retarded. That's why I can't ever even like barely get off the ground. Yeah. (laughs) Except for, I think, they're able to i think except maybe for gary johnson last year but for the most part i mean they usually have they're 
usually like right at the bottom and then they might have a good election or libertarian party they might have a good election good. to where they can get like three to five percent three to four i can't remember what ralph nader got the deliver the libertarian party is good though but the green party is just absolutely done they're, they're dumb they don't have like, really any, they don't really have any structure to them i think they do a little bit better at uh doing stuff at the local level and libertarian party tries and go tries to go a little bit too much for higher level office while not focusing on how their whole structure is kind of really stupid <laughs> or well, yeah. totally unorganized. It comes with the uh, super free speech and stuff. So you can have people that are like borderline racist or s- what's called. Which should just create an entirely new party. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think there's, op- it would just be a hard pitch to sell with at least having like a, somebody that's pretty libertarian as like the main ticket and then somebody that's a little bit closer to the green party side and maybe not entirely but kind of closer to be able to track those people and just run on like the social issues and i think they could attract a good amount but that's that's gonna that's gotta be seen later on i don't see us getting there any closer i mean i wish every year like every election i look up like try and find what's okay what libertarian candidate might have a shot at this or that but i just end up disappointed like that's how it is always that's why this year i'm just like i'm not voting for segregationist joe i'm not voting for 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 problematic trump I, I don't trust either one of them to a full extent. Mm. I mean, if if anybody, if I want to, if I was going to vote for anybody, it like, and I don't want to vote for him, and I'm not going to vote for him, but it would have been the orange fucktard, <laughs> even though he is, um, even though he he is probably a racist. He's done things and past policies and, and his foreign policy and his economic policies and different ways he's handled things while he gets a lot of criticism. I feel whenever I go and I look at it and I think for myself, like I see, you know, he did a pretty decent job considering the, the shit that he was dealt. But I'm not going to vote for him because I don't support him. I just, you know, think that he didn't do as bad of a job as people say he did. Yeah. So, well, I think until COVID started, it was my opinion was this election was going to be kind of in 2016. Everybody's like, no, he can't do it. He can't do this. This is totally a joke. And people like I, like I've said, I don't support him, but I can see myself supporting some stuff he says a whole lot more than I could in 2016 or 2015. Oh, yes, 100%. And so it felt like after the four years in office, he's actually had time to prove that he could, that it wasn't just a joke or something. Mm-hmm. And so people could have. That's kind of where I'm at. In 2016, like I thought he was a pig. I thought he was an absolute horrible choice. But I also thought Hillary was a worse choice. At the same time, I didn't. I was kind of the same thing. I did not want to vote for either one of them. But this year, like he's kind of, kind of shown 
even though he he still has the same shitty childish behavior, he's kind of shown what he is capable of, um, which which is is something that I think anybody with a logical mind to look past their emotions and and bullshit and think for themselves can say about what's going on. Um, so I mean, at, at the same time, he's done very many problematic things. But there's been a lot of good things that he's done as well that we need to stop, you know, ignoring and looking past and, and you know, open our minds and think for ourselves. Like that's, that's pretty much all it comes down to is that we need to start thinking for ourselves. We need to stop voting off of emotion. We need to stop voting off of fear. We need to stop voting off of people um, telling you that, you know, this is your one chance or, you know, basically, what's the word I'm looking for? inflating inflating the the seriousness of a situation people need to stop and think for themselves they need to protect their mind and right now people are not thinking for themselves or protecting their minds they are listening to whatever is regurgitated at them and that is something that is a real issue for me right now in this entire election debate no debate you know presidential election no presidential election People need to think for themselves and they need to stop listening to everything that celebrities and news anchors and, you know, opinion articles tell them. They need to look at the facts for themselves and formulate their own opinions. So it's just become so hard to do right now, this super polarized landscape, but it is what it is, I guess. It's it's 2020. We got about, let me see, it's two to three weeks left of this. This is real. Oh. <laughs> we'll see who wins of, in November. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I guess we're probably going to call it a night. We've been going on, I don't know, it's getting close to two hours or something now. Yeah. An hour and a half. <laughs> but yeah. I appreciate you talking about this. We'll have another podcast come up later. Might do a special with a guest going maybe more into third parties. Another guest uh, talk about Democrats taking advantage of black voters and stuff. We got a whole bunch of interesting stuff probably coming up. There's many things, way many things to talk about. So we'll figure it out. Yeah. Surprise you. Whatever comes, comes. Yeah. For now. You know, go out, vote, don't vote. No. This is our constant message. <laughs> all, don't let people all intimidate I have you. To say, all I have to say is don't allow people to make you feel afraid. Don't allow people to make you feel scared. Don't allow them to inflate the seriousness of an issue. Just go out, look at the facts, think for yourself, do formulate you your own opinion, and do what you feel is right. Exactly. And don't feel guilty if you say if you think something that someone disagrees with or someone feels emotionally against. The popular opinion is not always the right opinion. Exactly. Protect your minds. Yeah. Peace. All right, guys. We'll see y'all in the next episode. Bye. <laughs>